welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I am stuffed and in the gym uh, today trying to burn off what I put in last night. I have just this enormous headache from all the food that I ate and... (laughs) Uh, you know, but I enjoyed every calorie, uh, intake that happened. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. There's a lot to be thankful for. Uh, but we have some interesting segments coming along, uh, interesting topics to the impeachment update, uh, to developments in Airbnb, Airbnb, uh, basically going along and, uh, pushing for the consistency of gentrification to, uh, the company, uh, iPhone company Apple, delaying the release of the movie Banker to updates with uh, Amazon uh, to the debacle of Tesla's uh, bulletproof electrical or electric SUV. Um, and it's just going to be a great time. Stay tuned. Pete Williams goes on to state uh, the former White House counsel Don McGahn must obey subpoena to testify before Congress. A uh, federal judge ruled on Monday that former White House Counsel Don McGahn must obey the subpoena for his testimony issued by the House Judiciary Committee. Federal District Court Judge uh, Katanji Brown Jackson said McGahn must appear before Congress but retains the ability to invoke executive privilege where appropriate during his appearance. The judge did not put her own ruling on hold, but the Trump administration will likely seek one to put uh, to the effect of her ruling on hold while it pursues an appeal. It is clear to this court, uh, for the reasons explained above, with respect to senior level presidential aides, absolute immunity from compelled congressional process simply does not exist, uh, Jackson said in her ruling. McGahn's lawyer, William Burke, has stated that his client will comply with Judge Jackson's decision unless it is stayed pending appeal. The DOJ is handling this case, so you will need to ask them whether they intend to seek a stay. The Justice Department said it appeal. It will appeal the ruling. It will seek the stay of Jackson's order while it does so. The White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grissom said they are confident that the important constitutional principle advanced the administration will be vindicated. House Judiciary Chairman Gerald Natler, a Democrat from New York, has held that the judge's decision in a statement and said expects McGahn to testify soon. Now that the court has ruled, I expect him to follow his legal obligations and promptly appear before the committee. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff has called the ruling a victory for congressional oversight and the American people. But today's ruling, the courts have made it absolutely clear that the absolute immunity is not a legitimate basis by which to prohibit senior White House officials from testifying before Congress. To those witnesses who hide behind fallacious uh, claims of absolute immunity, uh, this ruling shows again the meritless uh, or how meritless their position remains. Justice Department lawyers have argued that as a former close advisor to the president McGahn could not be commanded to appear before Congress, the government said. But the law's standing view under both Republican and Democratic administrations is that the president and his immediate advisors are absolutely immune to such demands. Administration lawyers cited a 1999 Justice Department legal opinion issued by Janet Reno, uh, Reno, Attorney General during the Clinton administration. Uh, subjecting a senior presidential advisor to the congressional subpoena power would be akin to requiring the president himself to appear before Congress 
on matters related to his official duties, the Reno opinion said. The current White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, uh, notified the House that President Donald Trump directed him again not to testify before the House in order to protect the prerogatives of the office of the presidency. House Judiciary Democrats said they wanted McGahn to testify about actions by the President Trump that former special counsel Robert Mueller's report said could constitute obstruction of justice. Okay, so some of my thoughts. The, uh, the reality is, can, the first point I think is, A, can somebody be above the law? So Judge Jackson has stated, I, I saw somebody put a tweet out by her that, you know, presidents are not kings and basically nobody is above the law. So that's the first thing. The second thing is how much executive authority or executive privilege does one have? If testifying somehow delays or hinders the uh, capabilities of performing the duties of the president, is it worth pursuing? Now, obviously, that's the catch only too because if somebody else, non-political figure, non-president, were to do something that was called into question for its legality, whatever they were accused of, the judicial process would interfere in their life, and they would still have to pursue. So that can't be the ruling either. It's just that how far deep in the rabbit hole do you want to go? I really think that's the uh, case. Uh, The reality is McGahn, by law, needs to be on trial or needs to appear. And anybody else that would bring true clarity uh, to what is being alleged. Uh, But at the end of the day, an impeachment process is not simple. Uh, Even if a verdict were to be reached, you would still have to go through Senate confirmation. And no president has ever been impeached uh, via the Senate. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm interested to see how this develops. I'm interested to see how this evolution is going to occur. Obviously, justice has to come about. But it seems like political ambiguity is always, you know, peeking his ugly head. So uh, I really don't know, you know, where this is going. My guess is that uh, Trump will be impeached in the House, uh, acquitted in the Senate, and that 2020 will keep rolling. And basically uh, the goal has to shift to uh, campaigning and, and bringing a viable candidate that can win the votes of Americans. So uh, this right here, you know, needed. However, in the long run, will this just be a history footnote? Um, I I don't know. Uh, But the impeachment goes on. I'm interested to see what happens next. Airbnb is adding fuel to the fire for gentrification. Airbnb's partnership um, with the Olympics, uh, according to Jules Boykoff, will not help cities. But gentrifiers love it. Uh, Rarely does an Olympic sponsorship double as a clarion call for class war, according to Jules Boykoff. With the announcement November 18th that Airbnb will become the worldwide Olympic partner, uh, this is what has transpired. Thomas Bach who is the president of the International Olympic Committee, has stated this innovative, sustainable uh, relationship leaves a legacy for the host communities. NBC currently has a contract with the International Olympic Committee uh, to broadcast the 2020 Olympics. 
Box somehow failed to mention that Airbnb has a track record of stoking gentrification, displacement, and shredding neighborhoods across the country. The pack will run through 2028, affecting cities such as Tokyo, host of next summer's Olympics, as well as Paris and Los Angeles, which are slated to host the Games in 2024 and 2028. In some ways, Airbnb and the Olympics are the perfect couple. After all, the Olympics are a displacement machine. The Olympic in Olympic City after Olympic City working people are routinely forced to make way for game venues and projects. Sometimes it involves the iron fist of forced eviction, while at other times it means the velvet glove of gentrification. The 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro was a case study for forced evictions, with community after community steamrolled to make way for the games. Around 77,000 Cariocas or residents of Rio were displaced between 2009 when Rio was named host. In 2016 when the event was staged but for the gold medal winner for the forced eviction has to be the 2008 Beijing Olympics which brought the displacement of 1.5 million people often without adequate compensation. Those who protested the actions of Chinese authorities were handed to re-education through labor jail sentences a form of imprisonment mm-hmm. without charge. That's some of my thoughts. So it's great, right? Like every year we go through this bidding war. Who's going to get the Olympics? In the city or country that gets it, everybody celebrates like, yeah, we're next. Yeah. And the, the sad part is there's no really place in the world that can host the world, right? It is a global event to encourage competitiveness and solidarity and to highlight the athletic abilities of individuals within their respective countries, right? So to host such a magnificent event that involves all world players, uh, all of the state actors, you have to create space. So if there's an already occupied space that needs to be unoccupied or remodeled for this larger venue, how do you do that? There's only two ways uh, both are legal and both ultimately suck for the inhabitants. So you have the uh, forced way, which was done in 2008 in Beijing. Obviously, that could not happen in the United States. But the United States has a form of, or a version of that called gentrification. So you beautify the neighborhood. All these amenities come and rent goes through the roof. You know, all of a sudden, yeah, crime has dropped. The schools have gotten better. Everything you prayed and hoped for, but you can no longer afford to live in that neighborhood. <laughs> so you will be on the outside looking in or watching it uh, via YouTube uh, or however you watch, you know, your programming. So it has this uh, dissatisfaction because the Olympics, as it should create intrigue and entertainment and and inclusion it also creates a widening gap between the haves and have-nots because to fully participate in the model for the world you have to be able to afford it and if you cannot then you know you can't participate and uh you know this upcoming olympics is just going to repeat the same thing and now being partnered with airbnb People lodging in, you know, whatever it it is going to just add fuel to the fire because what it allows for us is, hey, be a part of this spectacular event. Come see the 2020 Olympics. Stay anywhere you like, you know, live as a local. <laughs> but 
the reality is, even though it opens up the gate uh, for others' consumption, it closes a window uh, for inhabitants that will not benefit from this relationship, will not benefit uh, for the Olympics. So there needs, I think, when these events are being had, I think instead of us just like, yeah, let's let's get it here, I think there needs to be real discussions and real planning around how to make sure that all benefit and that the harm is less. And I, and I get it, life is life. You can never fully eliminate one part or one you know side of something. But I do think we need to do more due diligence and seeing how we can create a more effective union and a more inclusive body to govern such protocol. And at the end of the day, that will help everyone. So in the realm of entertainment, Apple has decided to release, delay the release of the movie The Banker. Apple has delayed movie theaters release of The Banker starring Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, The Banker is based on the real life story of two African-American businessmen in the 1960s who sought to help overcome racial barriers in banking. Apple Incorporated is delaying the planned December movie theater release of the movie The Banker, one of its first original films. A source close to the company said on Friday that amid ongoing concerns about the period drama, the movie's debut on the Apple's newly launched streaming service, Apple TV, will also likely be delayed. No new dates for the release of the film were given. The banker was supposed to go into a limited number of U.S. movie theaters on December the 6th and onto the streaming platform in January. Last week, some concerns surrounding the film were brought to our attention, Apple said in a statement on Wednesday. Announcing the cancellation of the world premiere, we, along with the filmmakers, need to take some time to look into these matters and determine the best next steps. Apple has given no details of its concerns. The banker is based on the real-life story of two African-American businessmen in the 1960s who sought to help people overcome racial barriers in banking. The movie stars Anthony Mackie and Samuel Jackson. Apple has been buying movies to feed Apple TV, the subscription video streaming service, that the iPhone maker launched this month. So some of my thoughts, I think it's two-folded. A, I think Apple putting its name behind a film that it uh, essentially produced that is controversial because history not just american history but history is controversial that the realities of racism not only existed then exists now has made the company very sensitive toward its strategy and then uh, i think some developments among the people who uh are impacted and is reading about you know, some of the relationships from these movies, you know, some of their lineage and things. I I just think it's creating a buzz because it's hard to be a billion-dollar tech giant and make fun of billion-dollar, you you know, your billionaire friends. It's like, if you know, it's it's, it's an expression that we use, same church, different pew, right? It's if you're in this business profiting and... Maybe even similar things have happened, and now you're doing this kind of benevolent uh, gesture. It, it kind of is like, hey, you know, 
you got one pointed at us, right? I, so I don't know. I, I hope Apple understands the gravity of their decision and that the necessity of it needs to happen. Uh, that delaying uh, this project that I was looking forward to viewing uh, would be a bad mistake, uh, would be a terrible decision uh, to create further delay. Uh, but I also understand that it needs to be strategic about how it wants to pursue this further. So my hope is that Apple understands that diversity, that the truth is needed, that you cannot just uh, blanket stuff and basically, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, uh, whitewash, you know, programming. But at the same token, controversy yields controversy. And that's all part of it. Right. Uh, so I'm looking uh, further and very interested in seeing what kind of happens on the Apple front. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon has filed suit over Microsoft's Jedi cloud contract with Pentagon. Jordan Novet has gone on to state that Amazon's web services on Friday confirmed it has filed a lawsuit challenging the Defense Department's decision to award Microsoft a major contract for cloud services. The Jedi, or Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure deal, uh, which could be worth about $10 billion, was hotly contested and marks a big win for Microsoft as it chases down AWS in-cloud infrastructure. The high-profile process was controversial because President Trump got personally involved, expressing opposition to awarding the contract to Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, who has been a target of Trump's attacks as the owner of the Washington Post. Amazon has submitted videos of Trump to the Court of Federal Claims, which is handling the bid protests. The complaint itself is not publicly. The complaint and related filings contain source selection-sensitive information as well as AWS proprietary information, trade secrets, and confidential financial information. The public release of which was or which would cause either party severe competitive harm, Amazon told the court in filming or uh, or in filing, excuse me, uh, while seeking a protective order. Uh, the record in the bid protest likely will contain similar sensitive information. Uh, the Pentagon has announced that Microsoft had won the contract on October 25th, soon after Amazon said it was surprised that Microsoft had received it. Amazon announced plans to protest the. A war last week said the process had continued or contained basis and mistakes. Amazon Web Services, or AWS, on Friday confirmed it has filed a lawsuit challenging the Defense Department's decision toward the award toward the awarding of Microsoft the major contract. The JEDI, Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure deal, that is largely one, has created this uh, giant kind of tech war. Interesting. Pentagon announced that Microsoft had won the contract on October the 25th. Soon after, Amazon said it was surprised that Microsoft had received it. Amazon announced plans to protest the award last week and that the process had contained basis and mistakes. Uh, IBM and Oracle had also sought to win the contract but were removed from consideration. The case has been assigned to Judge Patricia Elaine Campbell-Smith. Amazon said in filing that signing the case to another judge on the court, Eric uh, Brugink, would conserve judicial resources and promote the efficient administration of justice. Some of my 
So some of my thoughts, um, you know, obviously, uh, Amazon versus Microsoft. Uh, yes, it has been because Jeff Bezos, because Amazon, uh, Jeff Bezos' parent company does own the Washington Post, and it is not a conservative newspaper. It is a newspaper that I actually like reading. Uh, it is uh, obviously it hasn't taken shots. It's just you know stated things that has not been uh, awarding to the president. I think that's the best way to say it, right. Uh, it's, and obviously he took offense to it, uh, and so it would influence uh, a deal that obviously he has influence over, right? So uh, I don't really think there's anything to discuss when, and it comes to winning deals, it comes to awarding contracts. So many ducks have to be lined. The reality is Amazon probably should have won it. Just for the... They're probably a few light years ahead of Microsoft. But ultimately, whether it's Microsoft or Amazon, I mean, the, it doesn't change to me the geopolitical, financial, whatever landscape. It's just, you know, one giant got it over the other giant. I understand... Uh, AWS's um, information, understand Amazon's, you know, plight and concern, uh, but you know it didn't go to you know an underdog, <laughs> you know, it, it went to basically the old giant, right, Microsoft. So uh, interesting. Now it's crazy that a Jedi, the acronym for it is actually Jedi. That that kind of took me for a new one, but um, yeah, uh, Amazon. Losing the deal is not the end of the road. Obviously, like any billion-dollar company, they want to become larger. You know, winning federal contract, you know, is is important to one's growth strategy. So I understand, you know, any loss, especially if you're in the business of sales, um, hurts. Um, but at the same token, um, I'm sure another deal is going to come through. The, you know, come through. They'll be awarded something. Uh, the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure Deal, probably should be uh handled by microsoft maybe i don't know <laughs> no but uh you know it just i think it goes to show that you know their world that that significance you know because i mean if if they get it does it go to washington versus you know the headquarters isn't both headquarters in washington you know like it's ultimately it's just old old line versus new lion so i don't see you know no harm no foul obviously because you know your affiliations everything's going to come into play when it comes to warning awarding any major deal and this just was one of them so um in retrospect or in hindsight next time you kind of go uh, for a billion dollar deal by somebody, make sure you, you know, first at least, you know, <laughs> do your research and realize, you know, the sensitivities of these relationships. Because at the end of the day, people buy from people. Tesla's bulletproof electric SUV kind of had a uh, debacle on stage. Elon Musk has unveiled the Tesla's Cybertruck. Cybertruck is bulletproof electric pickup. Why bulletproof? That's interesting. But it doesn't, or it didn't go quite as planned. Paul Hessel has stated, of the Los Angeles Times, uh, Paul Hessel has gone on to state that Tesla CEO Elon Musk unveiled the company's electric Cybertruck this, or last Thursday. But in an attempt to show off the vehicle's strength, hit a bump in the road. A sledgehammer was swung at the doors of the silver vehicle with no apparent effect. 
A video played on screen showing a bullet striking it. And I said it literally was bulletproof to a 9mm uh, handgun. So I, it can withstand a 9mm blow. That has... Oh, that's how strong the skin is, as a direct quote. He joked that the federal work safety rules, as well as California gun laws, precluded a live demonstration. But when Metal Sphere was hurled against the window with the words demo, Tesla's armor glass lit on screen. In the test of strength, the glass actually cracked. Well, maybe that was a little too hard. The Tesla space tech entrepreneur said uh, to the crowd at Tesla's design studio, Hawthorne, which is a city in Los Angeles, it didn't go through. When the ball was thrown against it a second time, it also cracked. Not bad. Room for improvement, Elon Musk joked. We threw wrenches, we threw everything, we literally threw the kitchen sink at the glass, and it didn't break. For a little weird reason, it broke now. I don't know why, Musk said on stage. Remarks that elicited laughter. With the launch... Tesla is edging the most profitable corner of the U.S. auto market, where buyers tend to have fierce brand loyalty. The truck is Tesla's sixth vehicle since its founding in 2003 and almost experimental. It will be competing its market against the Ford F-Series, which has been the best-selling pickup for more than 40 years in the U.S., followed by GM Chevrolet Silverado, another formidable competitor. The Cybertruck is starting at $39,900 for a single-motor model with a base price of 69900 for a tri-motor all-wheel drive model. Production will take place late 2021, Tesla said, through the production for the tri-motor model will start in late 2022. So, uh, Cybertruck sounds cool. My thoughts, it sounds cool off the bat. The demonstration was messed up. It didn't go as planned. It was kind of an embarrassment. But all happens, you know, all things illegal, viable in the world of sales. That's part of it. You'll have some presentations that you knock out of the park, and then you'll have some presentations that knock you out of the park, and it's just all part of it. However, as far as the next uh, generation of driving, it being bulletproof, um, you know, it's an electric vehicle, it's, it's kind of that Mad Max. Basically, this is like a re-preparing for complete anarchy, and basically we have to equipped ourselves for the worst of worst something that is you know not fueled by fossil fuels which is good it helps you know our environment and carbon footprint but also can sustain bullets you know um as cool as it is it's it's sad too that we've gotten to this point uh my hope is that you wouldn't need bulletproof gun uh, bulletproof vehicles uh, but then, you know, is this only for the affordable? Now, you know, it becomes, to me, it just becomes an issue of class. I mean, the single motor model, obviously the tri-motor has to be better. It's $30,000 more, right? Um, but this electric vehicle, you know, it, it looks halfway cool. It's not the flyest looking model. It kind of looks like something off of Halo. When I first saw it, I automatically thought back to, you know, Xbox 360 and the original Halo vehicles. And I was like, this looks like that. Uh, so, uh, it definitely needs, uh, some style, sense of sleekness, uh, but overall, you know, this is probably going to be, uh, it'll be a, a, what what we call a, a, a flex move, right? Just to have one. So, uh, hats off to Tesla. Tesla does it again. Always going above and beyond and 
pushing the limits to one's imaginations and always being kind of the front runner in innovation. And overall, this is uh, probably going to become a trend. This has been another great episode of It Is What It Is podcast. Thank you to all you know my subscribers and listeners. Just like uh, doing this, uh, like providing content. Definitely want to do this more. Uh, as 2020, the plan is to put out uh, two to four episodes per week. Uh, so y'all pray for me. You can connect me on Instagram, uh, CVMK33, Twitter, Cody's Life One. Click like, subscribe, share. Let me know how you feel about it. What content you want me to cover? And I just look forward to connecting with you. Till next time.